0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the 100k Freelancer Club podcast. I hope you're well and I hope your business is well too. Just a quick bit of podcast housekeeping before we go any further. This episode of the 100k Freelancer Club podcast is being recorded during the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. So just a heads up, that topic will feature quite heavily in the show. Here on the podcast, we like to discuss life as a freelancer as we share our journey to 100K. That's cash, not subscribers or followers, but that would be nice. So if you are new around here and like what you hear, hit the subscribe button and you won't miss another episode of the show again. I suppose we best explain a bit about who we are. My name's Niall. I'm a freelance broadcaster in radio and TV, specialising in sport. And along with my two friends, Jacob Brickle and Stephen Box, we are a part of the 100K Freelancer Club, a place we have created for you to be able to have access to all the advice and information you need to be successful in self-employment. From tip-top time management to the perfect portfolio, we'll have you covered. So go and follow us on social media. All you've got to do is search 100K Freelancer. Jacob Brickle is joining me for today's show from Barcelona as always. Hello JB, how have you been keeping during this quarantine period?
1: Hey, I'm good, thank you. Uh, Losing my mind a little bit, to be honest. It's been three and a half weeks since I've seen another human face, so uh, excuse me if I go a little bit crazy. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, not too bad. A bit more stressful than being in England, I think. But uh, but, yeah, how are you doing?
0: I'm fine, of course, it's the Easter weekend. Uh, it's a time normally people are spending with their families. It's a time normally where you spend it with friends and you celebrate perhaps the Easter tradition. But that's not going to happen this time around this year due to this lockdown period, this quarantine. So I hope everyone is keeping safe and healthy and adhering by the rules and guidelines that have been put in place to keep us all safe. We were just discussing before we started recording the podcast, Easter throws up some weird and wonderful traditions. And I was just asking you then about spanish easter traditions Seeing as you live in barcelona are there any weird spanish traditions for easter that you can think of
1: yeah so there is this one and i don't know if it's exclusive uh to catalan or to catalonia or just spain but basically here in barcelona um they make this uh, cake uh, this circular cake uh, and on top they put eggs so you would think um being from england that'd it be like chocolate chocolate eggs or like you know eggs made of sponge cake or something like that but they're actually hard-boiled eggs and I I just don't understand what you do with these eggs like do you have a slice of cake crack the hard-boiled egg and like you know eat a bit of egg like a like a cake salad sort of thing like I don't really know what is going on there but uh, I'm definitely going to see if I can try one of those cakes out do you dip the cake in the egg? Oh, so many (laughs) options. So many options.
0: Anyway, enough about us. We have a special guest on today's podcast. Joining us, we have Rosanna Schieper, who is a freelance content creator, including writing and illustration. You can find her on Instagram, Happy Freelancer Struggles. So a big warm welcome and hello to Rosanna on today's podcast. Hello.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for inviting me.
0: No problem at all. Now, we've got you on because me and Jacob, we like what you do, basically. We see a lot of freelance people on social media we see a lot of freelance people in sort of our day jobs in working with different clients and whatnot and I'm sure the you're the exact same but obviously everyone starts their freelance journey uh, at different times in different ways so just let everyone know how long you've been a freelancer and why you decided to take the plunge into freelance work
2: yeah so I started about four years ago and I actually never decided to become a freelancer it just happened So I was working in this art gallery and it was a part-time job and I needed to do something on the side because I really can't do nothing. I, I always need to be busy and I also needed some more money. So I knew some artists through the gallery I was working and they asked me to do some writing for them. And I never considered myself a writer, but I thought, well, I can just give it a try and see what happens. So I did some writing for them and then more artists started to ask me to, to write for them as well. And then I got more and more jobs. And at some point I realized, Hey, writing is actually a job and I could do this for a living and it was just so much more fun than the job I had at that time. So that's when I decided to become a yeah, full-time freelancer.
0: How did that feel when you kind of discovered that moment of knowing, oh my God, I'm making enough money here that I can live off this? When was that kind of becoming a reality for you?
2: Yeah, I I think it just grew on me. So I'm not even sure if there was one point I realized it, but I just started to, to feel more and more enthusiastic. And I always found it really difficult to work for a boss. So also all this freedom I had, it gave me so much energy. And yeah, I think it all worked out really well. And then Uh, suddenly I was a freelancer so
0: what is it that specifically you do so we mentioned at the top of the show there that you do lots of illustrations I mean if you go over to your Instagram at happy freelancer struggles there's some really cool uh, illustrations on there kind of uh, outlining what it is like to to work for yourself and be your own boss effectively so what is it specifically that you do because it's not just illustration that you get involved with
2: yeah so I started uh, writing but I feel like it's hard for me being a creative to just stick to one job. So that's why I started to do illustrations as well. And I also really love helping freelancers, especially because when I started, I didn't really have anyone to help me. So that's also one of my goals now to help other freelancers to get started or to grow their business. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing all these things at the same time.
0: I tell you what, it is a difficult period for everyone, isn't it? Being locked down and being in quarantine and whatnot. And uh, it's easy to get lost in the, you know, in all of the noise effectively from the news. And you see sad stuff on the news every single day. And especially with a lot of businesses kind of being closed down. A lot of freelancers have found it tough in this period. They've fallen on hard times because a lot of jobs that maybe they had lined up have been taken away from them. And if you do go onto your Instagram, there's one... Um, post, which kind of resonates with me. Uh, you posted it uh, a couple of days ago. It's uh, it's an illustration of you know, a, a freelancer working on their laptop and they've got these ideas in their head and ideas of money. And then other days where they're just kind of under a blanket with a cloud over their head. And it's very important to remember uh, that, you know, being your own boss can take its toll on you as well. So how have you managed to cope with kind of those days where sometimes you are feeling a bit down and that times are tough?
2: Yeah, it's, it's such a weird time. And some days I really don't feel like working. And I I think... It's now, yeah, it's been three weeks since I've been at home. And at first I I forced myself to work, but I think it it just doesn't work like that, at least now. So I'm giving myself all this space to be creative, to work on things that maybe don't make money, but that I feel like doing and just give myself time to to sometimes feel like (laughs) and I think that that helps me to get through it, actually.
1: Yeah, if I'm to jump in real quick, I, I think um, like a lot of freelancers feel the same way. And me, especially at the start, I would always feel good guilty if I wasn't working on a project that was getting me immediate money so if I'm not working on a client's project I was working on uh, something for myself or something for the future I would always feel bad and then like but you need to look at um, how you can progress forward and pick your battles because sometimes in situations like this just constantly working Um, it it gets you down you feel bad your productivity hits a point where you could have achieved on a good day what you did in a bad day so you work on it for 10 hours but you could have done it in one hour Um, and I think looking at your Instagram and some of the stuff you post uh, kind of like when you were traveling as well inspires me um, to like take a break um, step back a little bit and see you know like recharge the batteries
2: yeah and I think as freelancers we sometimes forget to recharge our batteries and We always want to continue and we have new ideas and we want to work with new clients, but yeah, everyone needs to to recharge once in a while And, and maybe this period is actually yeah, it's forcing us to recharge.
1: Yeah, exactly. And did you find that? um, So in terms of productivity levels, like, how are you feeling? Because um, I know that you've been uh, before, obviously, um, the whole pandemic that's going on at the moment, you were traveling around Thailand. First question is, did you always like traveling? Is it always something that you aimed to do? Or did you find that when you transitioned into a freelancer, you found that opportunity and just, took the opportunity doing something that you enjoy like that do you think it really helps your productivity yeah
2: for sure so I've always loved traveling the first time I went traveling by myself was when I was 18 and I went traveling for nine months and since then I've been traveling actually but I always had a job or I had to go to uni so I never had time to to travel for a longer period and then when I was a freelancer I realized I can do whatever I want now I don't need to be at home And it was just perfect for me combining my passion for traveling with working remotely. And yeah, to answer your question, it does make me very productive because I'm in just such a happy state when I'm traveling that I'm also much more looking forward to going to work. And yeah, there there are days maybe that, that it's hard to concentrate and that I'm not in my focus, but I would say in general, it does make me more productive so you're from
0: the netherlands originally um so you've obviously traveled around as jacob said to to thailand and parts of europe as well so how do you end up actually setting your laptop down and doing the work that you need to do do you make use of co-worker spaces do you you know use perhaps a hotel that you stay in and you use wi-fi there how does it kind of work in your head in terms of organizing your day and and how you actually get to do your work
2: so i'm always going to co spaces whenever i can and I really need routine in my life. I need specific working hours. I need weekdays versus weekends. For me, that just works best. So what I usually do, I go to a new place. First thing I do is find a co-working space and then build this routine again to make sure that I can work properly and that I can be productive. And for me, working in a hotel, that's not doing it for me.
0: You must've seen some cool stuff though over the years you must have seen some cool countries and there must be some memories you can think of that bring a smile to your face i'm smiling now and i've done barely any traveling compared to you so what's kind of some of the most cool experiences you've had whilst traveling and working at the same time
2: Uh, i think one of the coolest things for me is, is being able to experience such different things than what i would experience at home so usually i try to pick up new hobbies for example when i'm traveling so i've been into surfing a lot for the last few years. Um, I've picked up dancing, uh, Latin dancing when I was in Latin America. And all these travel just, yeah, they, they, they make me think differently about stuff and and make me curious to to try new things. And yeah, that's what I really like about it.
0: Jacob, I know you were interested to, to kind of figure out or learn about how Rosanna uses the different time zones and how she manages to kind of keep to different time zones. Because obviously I'm based in the UK, you're based in Barcelona, Rosanna right now is in Amsterdam and you guys are working an hour ahead to me, which isn't too bad. But when you're on the other side of the world, that must be, uh, you know, a bit of a mind boggler.
2: Yeah, actually for me, that's probably the biggest struggle when traveling because I really need my nine to five routine. So for me, it's hard to work with clients that are 12 hours ahead, for example, because it means I have to work either very early in the morning or at night. And that's just not really working for me. Uh, So I'm always struggling to either not work with those clients for a while, or I have to force myself to work at night. Or I try to communicate during the hours that we can still communicate good enough yeah it's always a struggle and and it's i'm really happy now to be in europe and most of my clients are here so it's so much easier
1: yeah because i was going to ask you like where where is your client base do you mostly work with people in europe people in um, the americas or do you do you like to travel and find a network or establish a network where you go so for example thailand did you meet any companies there any people there that you worked with or do you more um, have like more of an established network that you keep following in europe or do you like to find new opportunities online and just basically let that dictate where you work
2: yeah i I would say half of my clients are in europe and and usually because i do a lot of networking here and i know a lot of people um also through traveling who are from europe as well but then i also focus on online which means i can find clients from all over the world but usually they're still from either the us or europe
1: yeah and then to jump onto a more sad topic shall we call it so from your instagram i can gather that you were planning on staying in Thailand a bit longer and the virus actually cut your travel plans short. How did you actually respond to that? So did you have a debate with yourself? Should I go back? Should I stay? Well, how did that affect your work? Like the initial, the initial impact of the virus, was there a big cut in your clients? Have you seen a slow decline in the clients? How did you ultimately make that decision um, to cut your uh, travel plans shorter?
2: Oh, it was such a difficult decision. So I actually flew one week before um, I actually went to Amsterdam. I flew to Bali and I was planning to stay there for two months. And the moment I flew to Bali was when things were getting really bad in Europe. And by then we were still going surfing. uh, The co-working spaces were still opened. Life was still normal back there. So it was so hard to make this decision to go back to this place where I know... I would be in quarantine where i would be sitting inside uh, not knowing what would happen but i think in a situation like this it's so much better to be at home with your family with your friends and not be in a country where you can't speak the language where you don't know what is going on so it, w- it was a really hard decision but i think it was a wise decision And I'm happy I did it.
0: Sounds like a tough one for you to do because obviously one of the passions in your life is traveling. So obviously being being able to to kind of move around is a benefit to you and it, it helps you work better. So have you found that your productivity has maybe dipped a little bit due to this quarantine period because you have to stay in the same place or have you managed to keep on top of it?
2: Well it dipped especially in the first week when I came back. I didn't do any work and I felt very anxious the whole time. Mm. I was watching the news, Mm. so I stopped watching the news and I got into my new work routine. I'm getting up early and I I feel much better now and I'm I'm productive now and I'm used to the situation. But it always takes a bit of time for me to get new yeah, get used to this new place and and in these new habits.
0: Obviously everyone comes up against obstacles in their freelance life. I've had a few this week, let alone over the few years that I've been a freelancer. So it's about finding a way to get over those obstacles and get through the other side. So what are some of the obstacles you faced? And are there any sort of tips for those people out there that maybe want to to live a similar freelance lifestyle to the one you do about how they can kind of live their lives and and the best way to go about things? Any sort of advice that you, you can pass on to people listening?
2: Um, I think if you want to live this digital nomad lifestyle, you really have to focus on um, working on your personal brand and make sure that you're... If you can meet people in real life, make sure they can find you online because that will give you a steady flow of clients throughout the year. And you can't afford this lifestyle if if you don't have clients all the time. So it, it will give you so much more space to, to think about your travel and and to have fun instead of just chasing clients all the time. So that's one of the reasons for me to work with my Instagram all the time, because I know that people can find me and it doesn't matter if I'm at home or anywhere in the world. So I, w- I would really suggest to focus at least on one platform or or start blogging or even start a podcast or or whatever, but just make sure that people know that you're still there, even though you're not physically there.
0: Yeah, JB, we've spoken a lot on the podcast before, haven't we, about building a personal brand and ensuring that people feel comfortable in being able to contact you and get a hold of you. That's actually really interesting because I'm sure there will be people listening in who are who are keen to live a lifestyle of jet setting around the world and still working at the same time. So, you've uh, you've obviously used Instagram as well as a tool to help kind of build your profile. I tend to be more focused towards Twitter and networking in a different way. But, I mean, how can you kind of relate to to what Rosanna? said there about you know making sure that your personal brand is on point
1: I think like she said uh, your personal brand is basically everything because nowadays there is so much competition in the freelance world so places like Upwork and freelancer.com they're great um, and they've been like, like a real, real good addition to the freelance world but it's introduced such massive competition and you can always 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 be undercut So the thing is you need to be able to get your value across to those potential clients and I think having a platform like Instagram or Twitter where you're constantly maintaining and improving your own brand image as a person, how you work, the quality of the work you do is such a valuable asset Um, and just like we've talked about before, posting stuff that you do, using your like socials is almost uh, a portfolio, uh, is a great way to attract new clients for free because it's always gonna be there. Those posts you make, it's not like you're constantly trying to manually push them in front of people. Um, they're there on the internet for people to find and for people to stumble across. And it's, it's almost like a numbers game. If you have one, two or three blog posts, they're not gonna be found unless you're like some SEO wizard, but over the course of two, three, four, five years, and you've got maybe one, 200 blog posts, one that's gonna be fantastic for SEO anyway, but also you're covering a lot of ground. Even if one or two people go to each post, so there's still a few hundred people um, that have seen you. Uh, and when you when you use platforms like Instagram, Twitter, maybe you've got a WordPress account or like uh, a basic blog, you're also ex expressing um and basically displaying how much you know and giving people a bit of information for free maybe not teaching them how to do your service themselves but showing them the quality of your work and that you can do these things and give advice on these things is like it's, it's invaluable nowadays and it's so easy to do as well it's free Um, so I think yeah everybody should do it and I totally agree like you need you really need to work on your personal brand and I mean I I think that's something you do as well quite well on Twitter is where you're so proactive in responding to people responding to basically bigger people than you in the industry and getting involved in discussions and stuff like that like your name is always out there it's always being bounced around and it's one of those things that if um, but if uh, a new job or a new contract is up for grabs and they're looking for all the people that have applied for it and you might have applied for it and they're like oh I've seen Niall on Twitter before yeah we spoke a few weeks ago about x football game Um, that is really going to boost your chances of getting that um, getting that job but yeah uh, yeah totally agree that personal brand is the is the number one thing.
0: Have you learned anything specific about algorithms and good times to post and uh, sort of Um, themes to post on, Rosanna? Is there anything you've kind of picked up over the years from using Instagram where you know, right, if I post at 8 p.m., it's going to get more interaction than at 8 a.m., for example. And, you know, posting a couple of days apart. And do you have a regime, a schedule for your Instagram page? Do you kind of work to a a bit of a a timeline?
2: Yeah, actually, I've learned a lot about algorithms, but to be honest, I don't care so much about them. Um, So I know there are specific times that work really well for posting. Um, but for me, I I just post whenever I feel like, and I think the most important thing when it comes to Instagram is consistency. So you rather post three times a week, every single week again, instead of posting once and then the next week, seven times and just, um, yeah, yeah, I think for, for me, so I'm posting now three times a week and that works really well and When it comes to my content, I try to post something personal and then I post something to help other people or to educate them, share my knowledge. And then something about my work specifically, so people can see what I do. So I think that that combination works really well because then they get to know you as a person, but they also get to know your work, uh, what you can offer. And I think, yeah, that, that that's what also works for the algorithm because Instagram really likes when you post content that is valuable to other people. So then even without thinking about timing and, and when you post, you still get a lot of views, actually. Mm,
0: that's useful. What about um, in terms of the time it takes you to create content? Obviously, you say you do a lot of writing. Have you kind of found that... Um, you you say, right, I know I can create an Instagram post in two hours or something like that. Have you found uh, a little bit more information about yourself in terms of how well you work at certain times of doing stuff?
2: Mm, I usually lose track of time when I start drawing for my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So usually I give myself an hour, but sometimes that's two or three. And then when I start writing, it also usually gets out of hand, so I spent actually a lot of time on all of those posts.
0: Me and Jacob are like that, but when we go out for a beer, isn't it, Jacob? We say we'll have one or two and then we end up getting lost in it. We're out for about 10 hours and probably never make it home. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We've done that a few times. Uh, Rosanna, it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. Um, You can go and find Rosanna's Instagram page. It's at Happy Freelancer Struggles over on Instagram. Is there anything else you're working on, uh, Rosanna, that you want to share at the moment um, that you might be looking forward to releasing in the future?
2: So um, I'm working on a freelancer platform. It's not released yet, but it's going to be called Happy Freelancer Club. I hope it's going to be launched in the next few months.
0: Perfect, sounds good. Sounds uh, like a good partner for 100K Freelancer Club, Jacob, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Maybe that's something that we can explore together in the future.
0: Well, Jacob, Rosanna, thanks very much for joining me. I've been Niall. This has been the 100K Freelancer Club podcast. Don't forget to go and follow us on social media. All you need to do is search 100K Freelancer. And if you like the podcast where we share advice and experiences about being self-employed, then just go and hit that subscribe button. And every time a new episode is available, you'll be notified immediately as soon as it's ready so you can go ahead and listen to that and i'm sure during this lockdown period and in the near future as well we will be having lots more guests and producing a lot more content for you so thanks very much for santa thanks jacob i've been niall and we'll speak to you again soon on the next podcast